Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Spartan Forge. On today's episode, I am joined by Pennsylvania deer hunter Ryan Glitzky. Ryan has consistently killed mature deer year after year on public land and highly pressured private grounds. We discuss getting in shape, tree stand snacks, summer scouting tactics, mid-October scrape activity, historical trail camera data, finding the perfect tree, and much more. 100% born in the Appalachian Mountains and made in the USA, Timber Ninja Outdoors provides a range of mobile hunting options to accommodate diverse hunting preferences. Whether you prioritize comfort, lightweight design, or versatility, their two-panel and single-panel saddles collection has something for everyone. The Black Belt Nano is the lightest single-panel saddle available on the market, weighing in under a pound. The saddle is designed with the minimalist hunter in mind, focusing on lightweight functionality and breathability. One notable feature is the patent-pending magnetic stick clip system on the side, which allows for convenient transportation of sticks up the tree, as well as a built-in platform holder. The Nano Saddle can be folded up to the size of a Nalgene bottle, enabling easy portability. With a four-way stretch material on the back for a comfortable fit, as well as strategically placed padding for hip pinch relief. You can use code EASTMEETSWEST to get free shipping on any Timber Ninja order. If you try it out and don't like it, send it back within 30 days for a full refund. Learn more at TimberNinjaOutdoors.com and sign up for their email newsletter for exclusive discounts and product drops. When it comes to optics, I get the same question over and over again. What are the best all-around binoculars? Well, it's tough to find something that works in every condition great, but after using a pair of Maven B1.2 10x42s, I think I found them. They feature an 8x or a 10x option, superior low light performance, tack sharp edge to edge clarity, a generous depth of field, and a silky focus mechanism. All of Maven Optics have a lifetime no fault warranty and hail from the great state of Wyoming. I've been using Maven Optics since I bought my first pair in 2017, and I think you should test them out for yourself. Head over to mavenbuilt.com and use the code EASTMEETSWEST-GIFT for a free gift with any full price optics order. For all of those that want a truck bed cover for work or play, Diamondback makes the top of the line heavy duty covers that help you do more with your truck. They're perfect for the truck owning, avid sportsmen, outdoor enthusiasts, and weekend project warriors. I'm currently using the HD cover that can is capable of holding up to 1,600 pounds on the top. And then I have the Yakima overhaul HD bars on top so I can put my rooftop tent on it. When I'm not using my rooftop tent and able to use the trifold design of the Diamondback, I have the Crossbin 8 in there to organize all of my stuff in the back of my truck bed. Diamondback is made right here in Phillipsburg, Pennsylvania. If you want to check them out, head over to diamondbackcovers.com. If you've wanted that hunting camp tradition that we talk about, that experience, but you don't have a hunting camp of your own, you're welcome to come stay at my hunting camp up here in the Pennsylvania wilds called the Elk Crossing Getaway in the PA wilds. So if you go over to Airbnb, you can check out our three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath house that's right in the heart of Pennsylvania elk country. It's only minutes away from a bunch of public land to be able to hunt, hiking trails, outdoor recreation, fishing, all of those things there. The house is completely fully stocked with everything that you need to be able to, to spend a week hunting deer, taking your family up to see the elk, anything like that. So if you head over to Airbnb and search Elk Cross and Getaway in the PA Wilds, you'll find my listing there and you can rent out my house to send us a message, an inquiry that you're interested in it and mention that you heard it on the podcast here, then we'll get you 10% off of your first day. On this week's Mountain Buck Monday Story of the Week, comes from Jeremy Burkholder out of Pennsylvania. 
Jeremy wrote in and said, this is my fourth season attempting to hunt mountain bucks and your podcast has helped me tremendously. On this morning in the fall of 2021, I had a specific area I wanted to set up in but didn't know the exact tree so I opted to get back in close to that area as it was breaking daylight. I picked the tree and hung my saddle. I had seen a couple of unidentified deer not long after I was set up. At 11 o'clock, a doe came blasting out of the clear cut I was hunting the edge of, followed by two bucks just minutes behind her, both of which were inside 30 yards and just didn't give a clean shot due to the brush. I decided shortly thereafter that I needed to tear down and move my setup. It was risky with the chance of more bucks coming through, but a risk I was willing to take to have a shot on any other bucks following her trail. As I was tearing down my setup, yet another buck came down her trails and started working away from me. With nothing to lose, I jumped down off my last two sticks, grabbed my bow, knocked an arrow, tucked in behind the tree, and grunted with my mouth. The buck spun right around and started coming my direction. He then proceeded to circle downwind. As he dropped down the steep creek bank to cross 20 yards away, I drew and stopped him standing in the stream. The arrow flew true and we recovered him quickly after taking up the blood trail. My brother and I easily decided to quarter him up and pack him out the two and a half miles back to the truck. I love that story from Jeremy. It's obvious that he's been working his ass off to find success. His first one that he had killed on state forest ground, mountain country with his bow, and he definitely worked for it. He's been, he was also wrote some more in the email about the research he's been doing, time spent scouting, shed hunting, all of these things. And obviously his hard work has paid off. So if you want to check out Jeremy's buck, head over to East Meets West Hunt on Instagram or East Meets West Outdoors on Facebook and check that out. And if you have a story of your own that you want to send in, a mountain buck story, send it to bow at eastmeetswesthunt.com or just fill out the contact form on the website. In other news, so the Prime Bow Giveaway is still going on. It's going to go on till almost the end of this month. So what we're doing is I'm giving away a Prime Inline 3 bow. Uh, there's a couple ways that you can sign up to be able to win this. And the first one, easiest one, is just sign up for the email list. Head over to eastmeetswesthunt.com and you'll see a little pop-up that comes up. Sign up for an email newsletter click yes or type in your email there or the contact us form at the bottom, fill that out. Um, another way to get, uh, to be able to get another entry in is to go to wherever you listen to podcasts that allow you to, to leave uh, ratings and reviews, leave a rating and review and make sure to have your name in that review so I can see it there at the end. And then the, the last way is to be able to, have an additional way is to enter on social media. So make sure that you're following East Meets West Hunt and at bow.martonic on Instagram um, or, you could, or even on Facebook, you find them on there. Uh, as I'll have more information that go out on different ways to be able to win. So excited to be able to give that away and do some more giveaways as we go on here through the summer. But email list is the, the best way to get in and uh, the other options that that uh, are available there as well. There's also 3D shoots just about every weekend at Big Truck Farms down in Parkton, Maryland. I'm planning on going to one this month. Haven't really nailed down the date here yet, but uh, could be as early the next couple weekends here. So check that out. If you want to get more information on it or figure out when it is, where it's at, go to btfbeer.com and you can sign up there. So over the weekend, uh, was at Total Archery Challenge down in Seven Springs, had a booth set up for four days, and it was such an amazing turnout. There was like, I think I heard 3,600 shooters that came through over the matter of the, the weekend there. It was uh, an incredible turnout. I didn't get to shoot any of the courses. Uh, it was just packed the whole time. The booth was busy. A lot of you guys were there and I'm not complaining whatsoever. It was, it was awesome to get to meet so many and some that I've seen from day one, when I started the podcast that come to the booth every year and it was great getting to talk to everybody and hang out. Uh, I had Kenny Kane and, and my buddy, Michael Paladino there to help those guys helped out so much 
to be so I could record a couple podcasts, including the one that you're about to listen to. Um, but man, it was a, it was a really, really good event sold out of just about everything I have from hats and shirts that I had in stock there. Um, trying to get more in stock. It's just really hard to get stuff right now, but, um, there is still some stuff over on the website. I'm going to be adding a few things up here shortly, but thank you so much for everyone that stopped by and for all the continued support of the, the podcast and everything I'm doing here. I, I truly, truly appreciate that more than, more than, you know. So anyways, I hope that you have a great rest of your week and I'll talk to you shortly. All right, we're live. Ryan Glitzky, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing, man? I'm I'm happy to have you here. You're in my backyard. <laughs> I, I am. We're down at Seven Springs here in Pennsylvania for the Total Archery Challenge. And Ryan and I guess we've been friends on social media for quite a while yeah, now yeah. and following along. And you came to the Mountain Buck Scouting Camp yeah, and yeah. got to hang out with you and do some scouting with you. And I just... I'm excited to get to get to be able to have you on. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's cool. Like I said, I'm I'm not far from here, about 20 minutes. So I figured I'd swing up here and take a walk around the booth, and then said, "Hey, let's do a podcast." So yeah. here we are. I know, and I was I was upset because you invited me to come over yeah. the, the house uh, one of these nights, but uh, with everything going on with the yeah. event, wasn't going to be able to. So I was glad you were able to to stop by and and get to hang yeah. out with the moose himself. Yeah, bullshit some whitetails. Yeah. So I, first of all, I want to I want to ask. The the nickname Moose, where'd that come from? Uh, <laughs> I was probably early 20s, um, started lifting, and uh, God just blessed me with some good genetics, and I touched <laughs> weights, and uh, somebody called me that, um, and it just stuck with me for the last couple of decades, you know, yeah. just with my weight training and all that stuff, it just, it just stuck, so that's what I go by now. Yeah, and you you love you love working out and yeah. weight training and yep. and everything and and I I love working out too yeah. and and so talk a little bit about that part I can uh, see your background. You, you know what I I've been doing it for I think I was 22 23 when I started and uh at a time it was all about how much you could lift, how big you could get, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And over the last couple of years I'm getting old. And so things are starting to change now, and I'm gearing my workouts towards whitetails. Um, I lift typically three, four days a week, um, but the rucking, that, that's what I'm starting to incorporate two, three days a week, and that's a big difference. You know, uh, I'm trying to lean down a little bit, uh, be, a, be a mini moose, I guess you could say. I'm trying to <laughs> lean down some. Um, I'm probably going to run about 15, 20 pounds lighter than I normally do in the fall. Um, but you, you start hiking up these big hills, these big mountains, um, day in and day out, getting up 3, 30, 4 o'clock and hunting dark to dark and rut and all that stuff. Um, that wears on you. You know, yeah. you have to be, you know, not only in mentally great shape, but physically wise, you know, you have to be in good shape. If you want to do it and be consistent on whitetails, um, you got to look at your health and, and your well-being for sure. No, definitely. And and I, I totally agree with that. And like, I, I feel like people sometimes gawk at the fact that like saying you need to be in shape to whitetail hunt and you don't, you don't no, need you to, don't, no. but I, I can tell you one thing, it'll help a hell oh, a lot. Like you said, when you know how it is, you, it's November 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, you know, you've already been a stand eight, nine days in a row, dark to dark. That just beats your ass. You know what I mean? And if you're in good shape, watching your diet, stuff like that, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, just if you eat clean based on and, – and I'm I'm one of those people that I don't believe, like, there's, like, one diet or anything going to fall. Let your body tell you. Oh, yeah. Let yeah. your body tell yeah. you what yeah. what you're able yeah. to have. Like, for me, I after having Lyme's disease, I have both a, a gluten and dairy allergy. Mm-hmm. So those things, I, they're not going to kill me if I have them, but I don't feel good. Yeah. So like, yeah. I know if I want to be yep. at my best, I can't have yep. those things. There's certain, I, I like having breakfast. I like having, I ha, so I have things that I've oh, learned yeah. how my body reacts. And, and I like a lot of food, so I snack all day. That's what I do. <laughs> I, I take I take a one-gallon Ziploc freezer bag yes. down in my pack, and, and I have it broke down. Like, say, at 9.30 in the morning, I have this snack. 11.30, I have my lunch. Then 2 o'clock snack, and it, it, it helps for the all-day grinds. But it's so important to have those snacks all day to, to keep you in the game, I guess, you know? Well, how keep funny. You sane. It's so funny you say that because, like, I, I do the same thing. I have gallon Ziploc bag, which that, that came from my Western hunting because I put yeah. all my day's food in there, and it also mm-hmm. acts as a trash bag, and you yep, seal yep, up, yep. and the scent yep. goes away and everything. And But you, I create the – like, I have the same thing that I eat every day that I'm yeah. in the tree because it just makes it simple for me. Yep, I can, same here. I can break it same up here. and have them ready to go. And, yeah, you put these milestones. It's, sometimes I don't make it to the milestones, say, like, the 9 o'clock break. Yeah. Sometimes it's eight fifteen, and I need that bar yeah. to keep me going. Yeah, 
And, and the big thing, me too, is it try to stay away from the sugars. You know, there's a little yep. Debbie Kate stuff. I try, I may have a treat in there during the day, um, but I try to, you know, keep my fats up and my carbs, but I try to eat somewhat healthy yep. um, because you, you get a sugar kick, it's, you're going to crash. And then, you know, 10, 15 in the morning when he comes cruising through, you're not paying attention and you're going to be in trouble. You know, yeah. you got to stay on your aim game, a game all the time. So uh, what, uh, what what are your favorite snack? What do you take into the tree with you? Uh, trying to think what like think back to see what I have. I mean, for lunch it's always a bagel sandwich, just with salami and cheese, something basic there. Um, I use uh, a couple sports like like the wilderness athlete stuff like that to keep me going through the day. I do a little bit of that fiber energy. Um, snack wise, I try to keep. Let me see. I'm trying to think back here, putting on a spot here, trying to think what the hell I use. Uh, there's little, there's little lunchable cheese sticks, pill and eat. Yep. Um, some of that would be in my lunch. Um, you know, I, you know, you got your normal crackers and stuff like that. Your protein bars, are certain ones. I yep. try to stay from the ones that are you know high in sugar and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. Um, like I said, I'll have a. You know, there might be a, a, a hostess cake or something in there for lunch. Just, <laughs> yeah. just something to break it up. You know what I mean? But I'm usually every year I experiment a little, find what what works for me, and, and kind of stick to it. You know. But like I said, I about three times a day I eat and then uh, kind of break up the you know the, the, the all day event. You know. Yeah, I that I've I've come down like I eat mostly like different types of bars, but I'll have yeah. like. I'll have I, I like the pro bar meal yeah. a lot, like the pro bar stuff. One because I can eat them because they don't have uh, gluten and dairy in them, so I feel good. But there's like the meal bars that have like yeah. five or six hundred calories in them, yeah. so they're like my like almost like my lunch thing. I have one of their protein bars, and then um, then I'll have Heather's Choice makes these little packaroons. Yeah, those things are super yeah. good, little coconut yeah. cookies, and and I'll have those, and and they're high in fats yeah. and stuff, and I I I do well with high fat high pro- yeah, protein that's, type that's stuff. what i try to deal with and yeah. so i i have those in there i always have like a little trail mix thing that yep. that has a little more sugar in it but it's yep. kind of that little treat yep thing yep. that that i like to have i like to have some sort of um um almost like a meat stick basically like if if it isn't something that's my own thing f-bomb makes yeah really I, I, good i use i t- f-bomb i use a lot of their uh their peanut butter or their yeah yeah, yeah. i use a lot of those um yep. that's a good pick me up their sticks also yep i've yep. used those yep yep and then i also do the i have that the mountain ops ignite I, I just poured some in before this yeah. this podcast here yep. but 200 milligrams of caffeine yeah, yeah there's uh there's a lot of caffeine going on and uh, once that late <laughs> october november rolls around there is, yeah, it's bad. A scary amount. <laughs> yeah, of it's, it's scary. You start the morning off coffee. You're drinking yep. something on the way in, and then mid morning, midday, and <laughs> mid afternoon yep. seems like you're you're polishing something off there, you know, to keep you going. So you know, it's funny. I it's funny we got into this topic because a while ago I got a question from somebody that I asked about what they wanted to hear in the podcast. Like, I want to hear what what kind of snacks you take in the yeah. trees. Like, what, like yeah. something different that's not, you know, what you typically talk yeah. about tactics. Yeah, I use, it's like those Belvitas, I think they're called. They have different snacks. Like, there's all kinds of stuff I've tried <laughs> around, you know. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's part of the addiction. Yeah. You know I mean, you got to eat. You got to eat. <laughs> I, I don't know how people don't eat. Oh, I, I, I hear guys that take just like a bar or a, a thing of water with them yeah. all day. I die. I'd be done by 10 o'clock. No, I, no way. <laughs> There's no way. No way. I like I, to eat. I need to help myself as much as I can. I need to stay warm in the tree yeah. as best I can. Yeah. I need to stay dry. I need to be fed well. And yeah. I need to have water yeah. and caffeine. Yeah. And if you can do that. I can stick around. Just yeah. I mean, anyway. as, as hard ass as I proclaim to be, I can be a bitch too. <laughs> yeah. Know? A little bitch up here if I don't get what I don't have what I want. You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny. And, and the other thing you said uh, back a little while ago about, you, you know, you're lifting regimen and trying to lift as much as you can. I, I was never trying to, like, I got, I was big into lifting in college and all my buddies were. I never was trying to be like the biggest guy yeah. out there or anything. But what I wanted to do was I had an old book, a log of my dad's weightlifting records that yeah. he did in, in college and whatever he had like his max bench his max this like I, my goal was to beat that yeah yeah and then yeah i did i remember i i beat his uh bench press uh record that he had not record with himself his personal best yeah. um in college and then i ended up with uh tendonitis in both my oh, yeah. shoulders and yeah. all this stuff and i went away from the the yeah. heavy stuff for the most part i still i still like you know like deadlift and squat and then yeah. i do like i do i do all of those those yeah. movements still just not at yeah. the the weights that i was trying to yeah i've always lifted heavy for like said about two decades and i blew my tricep out last year and that was kind of like yeah yeah time to 
time to put the heavy stuff down and change my workout, you know. Yeah. I'm getting too old for that shit. Yeah, time to change it yeah, up yeah, a little bit. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear you there. And rocking is such a good oh. tool. Like, I, I used to run a lot, and I still like running sometimes, but rucking is, is so applicable to what we do. Um, yeah. and it's less, it's not as bad on your knees. You don't need to no. throw, you don't need to throw a ridiculous amount of weight in there. You know, I'll throw 30 pounds that, in that's there. That's what I do. About 30 to 40 is yeah. what I do yep. usually. Yep. yep. But I have a pack that's sitting behind you right now with the sand, 30 pound sand pack. Yep, that's in what it. I put in my and, yep. and then it ends up after the pack weight and your water and snacks, whatever you got in there. Yep. You end up about yeah. 40 pounds. Yeah. So I figure, you know, every Saturday I'm in the woods and I figure that counts as rucking with yeah. my pack and everything on. And then usually, like I said, during a week, two or three times. And it is such a benefit. Yeah. I, I, I actually, I think you were the first one I heard about it. And I kind of Googled it. I'm like, what the hell is rucking? You know what I mean? And then I start getting into more and I start trying and, and I've, I've fell in love with it. it. You just get a full body workout, the cardiovascular, everything with it. It, it all applies to what we do. Yeah. You're, you got your back involved. You got your yep. core. You're, yep. you're keep well, I'm sore next yeah. day. Yep. Yeah. Your yep. legs, yep. Your, your hip flexors, all those different yep. things. And it just, it helps. Like, And the whole thing with me too with working out not even from the physical aspect, but the mental aspect of getting up every single day to go into that tree during the rut and yeah. make it happen where I get up every morning to work out. And that's like my discipline. Yes. There. So then it's yeah. not, it's not out of the ordinary yeah. when you have to do it. Yeah. It, it, like I said, a lot of this comes down to that mental game and, and then you learn a lot of it in the off season like that, you know, because yeah. when it comes down to it, that's, that's what separates the guys that are consistent. Is yeah. That mental game, you know, you know, they, they've built the physical part of it, but which is, leads into your mental aspect of it too. You know what I mean? You have to be mentally strong um to do this consistently yeah i i totally agree and like just like the, the the and you can do it without adding any extra time like you said using rucking while you're scouting yeah you're yeah. you're huge on putting boots on the ground yeah. all yeah. the time yeah. all year i pretty much i mean i'm big in the postseason but even the summer you're hanging cameras and i'm not a big fan of summer scouting you know what i mean um but i do it i wander off all the time you know yeah. what i mean and get into <laughs> stuff but um but yeah boots on the ground you know and that's what i i figured saturday is just another day of training too yeah you know with the pack on your back no definitely so do you um actually before i get in the next thing i want to go back a little bit have you always been like this ingrained in whitetails or like when when did that click for you i mean i started when i was my dad took me out when i was 14 just like all of us you know to I me mean? went out there rifle hunting the first day stuff like that and i was actually really big into fishing like uh, 9, 10, 11, 12. I love fishing. There was a lake near my house. So I had what a passion now I had for fish for a few years. And then my dad took me out when I was 14. And uh, to be honest, I killed a doe the first year, and I was hooked. And it, it, I, it, every year I told myself it can't get worse. It gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, thank God for my wife. You yeah. know what I mean? She she supports me, but every time I don't think I can get any have any more of a passion for this, it, it just it, it doubles. I swear every year it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> I, I love I love hearing because you can hear it. You can oh. hear it in your voice. I talk to people like you. I talk to people like Johnny Stewart. Oh yeah, Greg, Greg Litzinger. Yeah, yeah. Like, all you guys like yep. when you talk to him, you you get fired up. Oh as yeah. You start talking about. Oh yeah. Get me going, man. I'm ready to get in tree. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, and I love I love the scouting part I of it. Honestly, probably more than sitting in a tree. I, you know, I, I've said this before on podcasts. You know, we're all chasing the top of that mountain with the walk up on whatever you're happy with. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't care if it's a doe or buck or whatever it is. Um, but for me, that next notch down is the, especially postseason scouting. I love scouting the postseason. I can't wait for next year to scout. No. And um, you know, I, I enjoy going out now too. I like doing it all year. It just sucks when it's nine degrees and bugs you oh. know, a little bit. But you know, it's it's part of the game. You know, it's part of it. But man, I love especially. Especially postseason. I mean, there's there's walking up on that, that big buck you've been chasing, and then there's right below it's that scouting. I absolutely love the postseason. It is yeah. so much. Just it's always it. I can tell people it's almost like walking up on a good buck because you find that hot spot like that. You you put so many miles in, you walk up on that golden ticket. It's like shit. It, you know it. Yeah. You do this long enough, and I get so fired. And you that. you visualize it, and you yeah. just get that you get that feeling oh, yeah. and that, you know. that moment. Yep, and. You know, it's one of those things like when you find those those like hot spots, like when you're out scouting. One of the, I was talking to my cousin Mason about it, who you met at the, the scouting yeah. camp, and Mason's like one of those people that he Mason kills big bucks every year, and but like you ask him like specific tactics a lot of times he's just like i i feel it like you just yeah. because he's it's, been doing it for so long and that's why you know like when you get to one of those spots, yeah but what i started doing really from doing this podcast and then and then kind of teaching some of that stuff it made me ask more wise than like of like why you know sometimes you notice it's a good spot and then you got to figure out why yeah. afterwards I, I think the key is when when you get to a certain point doing this 
is the confidence you have um, just doing it for so long. You go by your gut. Like yeah. you're not just you know you're not you're you're not trying to figure all these tactics for this area. You, you know what I mean? Trying to break yeah. it down so much in that you're going off your gut feeling. I need to be here, and you listen to that. Then you kind of figure out why. Yeah. But you get to a certain point. I try to tell guys uh, it's really hard to explain. You know, because every situation is different. But now on me, my gut tells me to be here at this certain time or that certain tree. I'm listening because usually it pans out. That's what I've learned. Yep. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. And so, yeah, your gut is your yeah. biggest teacher, but you don't get that gut feeling until you have that experience. Yeah, it takes a while. And that's why I try to tell guys, this is not going to happen overnight. You can listen to podcasts, YouTube. you got to get in the timber between scouting and time in a stand. And it takes a couple years. Be patient. Like I've told people before, um, find something that works for you and get good at it before you know, some guys are awesome bed hunters, like Jake Bush, Dan Infault. Some guys are awesome rut hunters. You know, find something that you're good at, works for your area, get good at it, get damn good at it, get consistent at it. Then let's bring in something else here. Let's start early. So like me, I'm not real great in early October. I suck. I've killed some bucks, but that's where I'm seeing some of these big ones, early October, mid-October. That's where I'm starting to hone my skills now. Right, I'm fine. Come in October, November, I'm pretty confident. But it's that early mid-October I'm trying to get good at now. Yeah, I, I'm same way. You and I, you and I we, when we scouted together, yeah. scouting camp, you and I, we looked we looked at sign very similarly. Yeah, yeah. And even my dad, too. Yeah. And because we're primarily rut hunters. Rut hunters, yep. And then we had, you know, people like Kenny that were yeah. in there that were showing us tree types yeah, and yeah, teaching like, us, oh, this is how you kill them in the early yeah, season. Yeah, I suck at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? And that's important. You figured early October, mid-October when them food sources. Yeah. You get somebody like Johnny, he could tell you every damn blade of grass here. You know oh, what I mean? know. You, you know, that's kind of the knowledge that I'm trying to learn. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. You know, you know? The, the, and the thing with Johnny with learn, looking at, like, the plant species, I've also learned that Johnny has names for plant species that might not really be <laughs> that, but it, it works for him. because It he, doesn't that's surprise how he does me, that. but it yeah. works for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he knows it, and he yeah. knows exactly, yeah. oh, the deer like this this yeah. time of year. And I'm like, yeah. I, I, that's, again, I've said it on here before, but that's like a goal of mine to learn more of that and build that yeah. into that yeah. so that I, I can be more successful at different times yes. of the year yes. and, and become yeah. better at it. Yeah. And Johnny with the late season stuff, like, uh, yeah, same thing. Great yeah, with yeah, that. Yep. And, yep. and I think that is a really good time that you could kill bucks. I just never hunted them that much. Same here. Same here. Especially PA, it's brain. always, you know, after our gun pressure, uh, it's really, really tough after gun pressure. Yeah. You know? um, that, that makes it tough here in PA for late season, in my opinion. Yeah. So what do you, you know, I know you don't do like a ton of like summer scouting, but what what do you do? Like, do you run cameras and stuff? Cameras in the summer? My, is like right now, um, once Memorial Day there, I started getting cameras. I run between, you know, 30, 40, I'd say I run. Um, most of my locations are already predetermined from my postseason scouting or historical, you know, years of, of areas. I pretty much know the tree, scrape, whatever's going to go on. And that's pretty much my summer um, is hanging cameras. But even like today, I was out today, I got detoured, went somewhere else. It happens. I do a little in, little summer scouting, and especially in newer areas. I see something. To me, it doesn't hurt. I don't think it really boogers them bucks up too much, especially this time of year. No. Um, but pretty much summers is just getting inventory seeing what kind of quality bucks i have an area so then i know the areas i want to concentrate on come fall yeah no i i i feel very similar to you in that like i i look at summer as a time where i'm doing getting other things done whether it's around the house doing that to do but i i I get cameras out which doesn't take as much time as like postseason scouting where i'm trying to cover as much ground as possible and all the time i might go out once every seven to ten days, yeah. maybe, and I'll go through a cycle of hitting cameras because yeah. I, I run I run the same amount of cameras yeah. you do. I like, like I said, I, it, some guys like, why do you bring them out so early? I said, I try to hang 30, 40 cameras. It takes a little bit. Yeah. You, know, you get four or five out in a day. Um, but I won't touch these cameras till maybe mid-July, the first ones I put up Memorial Day. Um, but usually, I like a minimum four weeks to six weeks. Uh, that's typically where I prefer, before I like to go and check my first card in the summer. Yeah. Um, so I basically get like two card pulls in the summer. Um, end of August is typically in September, Labor Day is typically my last before that fall kind of trend. Yeah, that shit. You know, kind of know what we got in the area a little bit. How are you running your cameras in the summertime? <clears throat> um, I run mine on video mode. I, I very rare I run picture anymore. Um, less the cell cam, of course, you know, but I don't run many cell cams in the summer. Um, I, cell cam, I prefer an SD video on video. That's overall, if you give me a choice, that's what I want. Um, but I run 30 second videos with a 20 second delay. Um, I run mine up in tree about eight, nine, ten foot, uh, between bears and people. That seems to help a little bit. People are getting ballsier now. I'm starting to notice. Uh, one thing with that too, I've noticed is, uh, 
I couldn't even tell you last time I've had a deer react to one of my cameras being up in a tree like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, th- them bucks don't seem to really pay attention to my yep. being up elevated. Um, but that's pretty much what I do. And I pretty much... Um, pretty much strictly scrapes. Um, I used to run some mineral licks. I talked about this last week on my Instagram story. Um, for me, I don't know if it's a public land thing or what. Um, I'd run some mineral licks in areas I could, you know, it was le- yeah. where it was legal to. And I'd get some great bucks, 130, 40, 50 inch deer showing up in the summer. But once I pulled that mineral lick and shift, I never see them again. Now on my scrapes, different story. A vast majority of them bucks I'd still see. So this year I've actually come off some of these food sources where I typically put a mineral lick. Um, and some of these scrapes, I've, that's where I'm starting to run these cameras. And I wouldn't classify them as a testosterone-driven scrape, yeah. even though they're hitting a rut, or a primary community-type scrape. I, if there's something in between, yeah. I don't know what you want to call them. Um, but I'm kind of going to run them there this year on some of those food locations, see if I get them big bucks on there, and see if that transitions a little more towards fall instead of running a mineral lick in some of these areas. Yeah, I, 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 I like that idea a lot. And one of the things that I, I go, I have a mixture too. Like I run, I do use mineral licks yeah. um, where you're able to. Yeah. Um, and, but the, yeah, the thing is like, okay, so I'll run something on a mineral lick and I, I got a buck, there was... Have you ever wanted to have Levi Morgan, Andy May, Johnny Stewart, and others available at all times? Well, you can with CyberScout from Spartan Forge. CyberScout is like the chat GPT for outdoors men and women. You can ask it any questions related to bow building, scouting, hunting, survival, and a whole lot more. I think you'll be impressed with how it responds. CyberScout is currently out now for a select group of early beta testers and will be available to the rest of you really soon. The entire app is a complete tool for planning your hunt with incredible aerial imagery mapping, journaling, deer prediction, and some of the most accurate and detailed weather data. Use the code EASTMEETSWEST to save 20%, and if you're still on the fence, give the 14-day free trial a chance at SpartanForge.ai. CVA has been America's number one selling muzzleloader brand for over a decade. Hunting with a muzzleloader opens up a ton of hunting opportunities across the U.S., and I've been using the Acura series. But they don't only make badass muzzleloaders. Their line of centerfire rifles are great quality and not terrible on the wallet. The Cascade short barrel is ideal for tight quarters, deer drives, and quick shots in the big woods. You can check out their line of muzzleloaders, rifles, and accessories for every season and every range at bpioutdoors.com slash CVA. If you use the code EASTMEETSWEST10, you'll get 10% off of all CVA products, which includes rifles, muzzleloaders, and accessories. There's one like there's certain mineral licks I have that are freaking great. Like, yeah, yeah. I'll get like same here. Yep. Dozen every bucks, year I'm gonna have a big shooter. Yeah, you know, dozen bucks yep. and big deer that are coming yep. in mature bucks, and then they spread out. They yep. spread out like crazy, and they'll go like my uncle killed one of the bucks I was filming in the summer. It was like five and a half miles away during mm-hmm. the rut. Yeah, and yeah, the rut can take him away, but I don't think he lived there. That was just yeah. It was a good summering location, and but what I've found is like if you can find like specific stuff like like food sources during the summer like newer clear they're like three to five year old clear cuts yeah and run them on those scrapes that are on the edge of yes. them maybe close to some hemlocks that have some shade yeah. you know that they can they can bed in yeah. and stuff and and when i look at those mineral licks this is just my opinion because um, i know a lot of people have a lot of success over that yeah. it translates in the fall but for me it's an unnatural movement yeah the scrape is a natural movement that's kind of what i'm playing off of now with that not utilizing them anymore because i'm not like a lot of times i put that mineral like not far off a bean field or a crop field stuff like that but i'm back off for a little more now a little close to that bedding i guess you could say stuff like that so i'm real curious to see how these scrapes work you know translate through fall because then you're more of a natural movement i might not pick that buck up again on that scrape but now i do see him 200 yards away or a quarter mile away on another scrape you know yeah before like i said i would just never see damn things anywhere you know what i mean a lot of times my bucks in the summer i may lose them but i can see them again in a rut eventually yeah, yeah i've noticed that no i i, I agree with that and, and and scrape like summer scrape cameras i've had such mixed results like i i, I will not sit here and say that i can like look at a scrape and be like oh this is definitely where all the big bucks are yeah hit. it's you can start seeing some trends but i haven't I, i'm really been i've been shifting more like kind of like you're doing and testing it more but it's uh it's some of them are real good and some of them yeah are. i mean the ones that i usually consistently get good bucks on in like say july mid-summer 
they're not far off security coverage. Even yeah. you know, we, even the fall, we're talking about that a lot. You'll hear a lot of us talk about that, that scrape off security cover. That's the one he's going to usually visit, visit in daylight. I typically see that also in the summer. I'm still not far from a clear cut or some type of security cover. Those are typically where I get a bachelor group of pretty good bucks in the summer or whatever, a couple bucks coming in still. Yeah. The wide open scrapes, um, those testosterone driven, like on a scrape line, something like that, I get them. But it's nowhere as consistent as I do on a regular, like a primary community scrape off of some cover. Yeah. You know? Do you doctor up your scrapes at all? Yeah, I use Buck Fever. Um, Troy's got this blend everybody knows about. Yeah, I'm I trying got that yeah, this year. I so got it too. I hear hear a lot of good results. So Troy, you know, we're gonna find out here, bud. Which I'm pretty confident it's gonna be some pretty oh, good yeah. shit because I started using it here, putting my cameras out here the last week. Uh, I'm gonna, I, I got them doctored up with this. I'm really curious to see how it works out. I, I think you'll have good success I, yeah. with it. Yeah, from what I hear, it's pretty damn good. Yeah, I've got I've got some of Troy's yeah. magical mixture. He's I've, the master, man. He, he's the doctor of this stuff, man. Yeah, like, he so is. I'm just a student. And uh, he, that guy there is very intelligent when it comes to this stuff. Yes, yes, he is. And and I, I, the one thing I want to go back to too is you talk about running your cameras on video, and that was something I just started doing not that long ago because I think a lot of it too is I have a mixture of cameras. Okay, I have really good ones like Exodus cameras, yep. and I have some yep. cheap ones. Yep. My cheap ones I don't run on video because. The quality is so terrible yes. that yes. I, I feel like yep. I, I, they're blurry yeah. and I can't get – and the battery life sucks on them. Where Exodus ones are, like, super clear. And like I said, I have a mixture of – I have Same a mixture here. of them. Yeah. Um, but the, that those ones I typically run on video now more than ever. And that yeah. and, and especially uh, – I was especially doing it during the fall. And now I have transitioned to the summer scrapes and running those videos because you learn so much about them. You can learn those specific bucks' behaviors and, like, the way that they – they re- you can almost tell by a buck walking or how he works a scrape, no matter what time of year it is, of his mannerisms yes. and what this deer likes to yeah. to do. Yeah, I, you pick up so much more information off of, of off of video mode. You know what I mean? Like I said, if you give me, you can give me ten cell cams for with with a picture, or give me five standard SD cards of video. I'm taking him five all day with video. I, I'm going to learn so much more on video mode than I will. I mean, cell cams have their place. I utilize them, but man, give me for long-term historical data. Give me the video mode on standard SD. I, I, that's my favorite. That's my go-to. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep, and yeah, I I I run. I have four cell cameras now, um, but and I then I have thirty some regular yeah. regular cameras. I, yeah, I picked up some more cell cams. Uh, I've talked about this before, and actually, I, I put a video out today on Instagram a spot that I went to. I thought they were going to clear cut. Um, I had some big bucks on that scrape. I'm I'm hang. I'm run camera on video mode right now if they don't clear cut i'm gonna put a cell cam in there he, the, there was a couple big shooters are showing up early october mid-october it's a very dangerous tactic you still got there's a lot of woodsmanship still involved i'm still i waffle back and forth with cell cams on scrapes early to mid-october because it's a deadly deadly tactic for what i've learned um, i've never done it myself this year i probably will give it a go if i kill a buck i'll be honest with you three four years in a row i kill a buck like that I don't know. My mind might change. You know what I mean? Yeah. I believe they win more than we should. You know what I mean? But that's a definitely a deadly tactic with the cell cams on these early mid October uh, hunts on cell on scrape. Excuse me. I'm seeing a ton of information with that. These big bucks. I don't know why early mid October they're dropping their guard. I mean, you're not far off their bedding. I get it, but on the, on the right scrapes, they're very probably the most killable. I'm going to say that I've seen them all year. Well, you, know. you you actually brought that up at the scouting camp, yeah. and and then you and my dad were going back and forth, like oh, yeah, you know, seeing yeah. the exact yeah. same thing yeah. of that that the, what 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 time in October, like if there were specific dates um, that well, you were seeing I, around the, it. One I was scraped as of today, that buck was in there. He's probably in the one fifties. He's pretty big buck. Now I didn't pull that camera as a standard SD till like November, so I I didn't know this until afterwards. And I had two other bucks, probably one thirties on there, um, but he was like first week, third, six, seven. You know, he was first week killable. Um, but the dates that popped out in my head a lot were, if I remember now, it was like the 13th, 16th, 19th, and like 21st. Would you start to get into that, you know, into the actual pre-rut, the scrape week, I guess you could say. But that thir- the October lull, they call it, yep. um, it definitely no. Now, I do believe there is a, a lull. Not the law we read about in books, which is all BS, because I see a lot of bucks daylighting, but there's a pressure law you get in October, especially in Pennsylvania, because not only do we got a, an influx of, 
of, of bow hunters, you got small game kicking in. I think in big guys will in certain and locations. Now, now will, bear season. Yeah, and what happens is on public, what I've noticed on public, I get these bucks even right before the season, they're daylight and doing some stuff. Once that pressure comes, a lot of guys like Scott, week four season, stuff like that. Those big bucks will transition to the private property. The area is closer to food. They're not getting pressure. They'll come back, but it's hard to kill them early in mid-October. Um, but now what I'm seeing in the big woods, you don't get as much pressure. I'm seeing these big mature bucks early to mid-October on these scrapes like them situations. You yeah, know I mean, so there is a, a lull if you're in a pressured area, I believe. But it's not what where they think they just lay down and do nothing. I don't believe that no, you know, at all. I, I, I totally agree. And my, mine, I've seen on my cameras like – it, it'll fluctuate a little bit with days, but like the 14th to 18th of October, we typically get like a cold front around yeah, that yeah, you snap too, and, yes. I, and, yeah. and I see, seem to see that, and I'm never in the woods really at that time. Same here. Like I, I always miss yeah. it. I, I probably suck in October because the only time I usually go out, I'll go out like a Friday night, kill a doe or a Saturday if my dad, I honestly, I, I'll hunt that first week a little bit, yeah. but what, like I said, I experienced the one area where I can hunt, where I work, I get a lot of pressure. That's where I think them bucks will go in a little bit of a lull on the on the public because they transition on that private a little yeah. bit. But yeah, I, I'm saying I'm not in the woods enough probably in October to capitalize on a lot of this. Yeah, I yeah I I I think about that all the time. Like you know, late season, early season, all that stuff. Like how much of it. Could we potentially be just as successful as during the rut if we put that amount of time yeah. into it? Yeah. It just shifted our mindset. You see a lot of guys. Let I me mean, look at Jake Bush. I mean, oh, yeah. he's a man. Jake, I mean, right down here, I bet you first day or two, he's got a hammer down. You know, oh, guy, yeah. He puts a ton of work in, and he's he keys on that early season betting and the scrapes, and he, he's awesome at that stuff. Yeah, you he, know? he focuses on it. You're talking yeah. about finding that niche yeah. that And we focus like. on the rut where yeah. we're successful. You know, Johnny late season, he, he's a monster in the late season. You look at these guys in their niches they're really good at, you know. Yep. That's exactly right. It's like, yeah, you you, you find those niches because it's difficult to to be good at everything. Yeah, you can't. That's why I said you master one thing before you take the next class. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yep. I, yeah. I to- totally, totally agree with that mindset and, and thinking about it. And because and you can get too, and like even with scouting, I'm not good at I'm not good at having like looking at things from all these different avenues. Like when I go in and I'm like, all right. I'm looking at scrapes. I'm looking at the, where the does are bedding. I'm yeah. looking at this. I'm looking at this this rut type mindset. It's so much easier for me to scout and get real information from it than as if I'm trying to like you know take in all these. Well, maybe in late season they get pressured in here or they do that. Yeah, and, yeah. And some of it yeah. I just learned from even having my cameras out. Like I found yeah. a spot. I, I when I pulled all my cameras, I pulled these cameras in this one area in March from last year, and uh, I found two years in a row this one spot. Through the first week of rifle season, there's all these mature bucks living on this side hill on this old clear cut. That's something. And I was like, okay, that means pressure's obviously yep, yep, pushing yep, them yep. there. And they feel safe in this yep. spot. Now, I just, you know, that's why I have it all written down in my notes. I, I actually put it that day scouting. I put it in the journal entry in Spartan Forge. I was like, okay, remember this. So when you go yep. back, and I still, if I still have a tag yep. in my pocket during you know the rifle where, yep, season, yep, yep. this is where I want yeah, to be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you learn, you do this long enough, that historical data. It, it's crazy. It's crazy how they, almost to the day. Like, I, I remember Chad with Exodus and them guys, my first, they sort of started talking about the historical data on them cameras, them bucks basically showing up to the day, and I see it. It's crazy in it areas. And like, even what I key on, too, uh, one area hunt I've been pretty consistent at is I'm a big believer once October, end of October, November, and these, these does start popping, you'll learn certain family groups of does will come in a certain time of year. Mm-hmm. You get three or four of those in your back pocket, you kind of know where to start bouncing around if you have all the conditions right and uh, you can be very consistent every year doing yeah and how important is that and how like how small of a detail uh and and actually jeff helm who i just had on the podcast before you got in here uh was recording with him he called it i like the method he called it thin threads between the successful and non-successful oh yeah it's that little tiny thing that you can do right yeah um, that makes a difference and that's one of those things is paying attention to that yeah it's little it's details to kill yeah i mean we talked off camera and i I said the big thing is is confidence we were at the mountain buck scouting camp with you and, and we're talking to some of them guys up there they knew what they were doing but what was holding them back was that confidence. You know what I mean? Just that it's just it's that little thing that holds most guys back. It's either confidence or just a little tweak here and there. It's something they they got in the habit of doing that that's hurting them. You know, a lot of guys know what they're doing. They just they, they can't take that next step because they're just not confident. Yeah, you know? and and it's and having that confidence. 
comes from experience of having one of those good encounters or anything yeah. to do it because it is it is difficult. Like I I sometimes I lack confidence in areas that I don't have history with. Yeah. And I'm sitting there three days and I don't see a deer. Yeah. You know, but there's other areas that I know well from experience that okay, even if I don't see deer for three days, I'm still in a good yeah. spot yeah. for this time yeah. of oh, year. Oh yeah. And yeah. you got and pay attention to that. And the doe group thing is another thing I I think people should really write down. It's like okay, yeah. you see something oh, yeah. or an area gets hot and there's a specific group like I can I'm thinking of it in my mind as one spot where I there's there's always four does that bed in this one little area and right around Halloween oh, one yeah. of those does yeah. comes in and it's like it brings in all the bucks yep. from the area I see it and it lasts for like two or three days and yeah. then it changes yeah I've seen it consistently over years in certain areas I it pretty much you can set your watch to it that that a couple of does are going to start coming heat and then you get that first doe or two, end of October, you can have some fun. You can draw a lot of big bucks in. <laughs> yeah, you you, yep. you totally can. Yep. yep. And I'll never forget that time in uh, 2020, I was on the ground, and I was working my way up towards that doe group. And at this time, I didn't know this This is the first year hunting this area. And I, but I knew these does always better there because I'd bump them sometimes. And I was walking up to it after I'd sat all morning and moving up. And all of a sudden, I... Uh, I think I grunted and I hit the bleak can and I heard some crash and this doe comes run right at mm. me and there's a spike, a four point, and then the buck I was hunting. Yeah. Running right, by, like, running right, like tongues hanging out. Oh, yeah. Racket, chasing that doe yeah. around. And then I, I didn't get the, the shot opportunity that I wanted. <laughs> and I went and sat up hunting that doe group for the next few days. The three does were back there, the younger ones that were there. Mama was being locked down with oh, that yeah. boy. You know yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what was happening there. Yeah. Just missed it. <laughs> yep. That's exactly yep. right. But, no, your, your, your discussion about confidence is just so big. You hear all the guys that are successful in doing it. And the, the, the important thing to note, and we all talked about this at the end of the scouting camp, was any one of us that were up there that had – consistent success every year 99.5 percent of the time we're in the woods we're failing like everybody else we talked about that i'm telling you i get my ass kicked every single day all season just it (laughs) comes together for that 5 15 second whatever it is window you know it just you know that's where just putting the time in the tree having confidence in your ability comes into play um but trust me there's days i told people before i said me and jesus have a lot of talks in the morning walking the street you know because it gets tough you know what i mean but it's our passion what we do but it's hard and you got to overcome that you know what i mean you understand it's hard just for us like you said we've talked prime areas Game rich areas, yes, it's a little different story. Not saying those guys don't work hard, but a guy that's on public or pressure private, you're going to get your balls kicked in some, and you got to accept that. Some years it's going to be easy, other years you may eat a tag. You got to accept that. Just put your time in. You're going to be more consistent, typically. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're you're going to tag out more often than not. Yeah, you know, with that mindset. And I do think there's a little bit of people taking the information wrong with like, all right, mobile hunting is so big right now. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and depending on where you're at, bouncing around all the time, isn't Get always the trouble. best, isn't always yes. the best tactic. Yes. You, well, how do you think I, about I, that? I, there is a time and a place. Like this is how I break down my year. Mm-hmm. Postseason scouting. You're getting all that information. Years past historical data. You're going to run your cameras in the summer. You're going to see what kind of quality of bucks you have. Your cameras are going to transition to your fall. You're going to get your bucks hard worn out. You're going to start putting a game plan together. Utilize that off your postseason scouting. Now your in season scouting comes into play. All those puzzle pieces come together. Your postseason, your trail camera data, your in season scouting. You know where to be. Now you go in there and put your time in and kill. You know, that's how yeah. you, that's, that's, that's the key to it. That's what you got to do. And you can be too mobile where if you don't have the confidence in your postseason, your trail cam data, your in-season scouting, you're going to get yourself in trouble. Um, especially in the big woods mountains, I'm a big believer. Farm country, you can get away with it a little bit more because it's, it's more, uh, you're, you're, there's more deer there in general. You know yeah. what I mean? More target-rich environment. I noticed in the big woods mountains, you start chasing around, bouncing around, not saying you're not going to kill, um, but even hunting hot sign, you start doing it every day, you, you can start chasing your tail a little bit and, and not not fill your tag. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm a big believer. Typically, I'll look at mine and say, we get in the last, I'll come back from a higher this year. If I tag out there that last week of October, first part of November, I'll come back, say, I, say I, don't have, I still have a PA tag. I get 12 days to hunt. I don't want to be in 12 different stands. 
I don't want to be in 12 stands. I'm going to look, think back my posting, Scott, look at my cameras. I got five spots that I feel pretty damn good in that I'm going to put two, three days in or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm going to, depending on the conditions, but I'm going to keep that under a handful of spots that I feel confident in and maybe only three of those spots I hit in 12 days. It just depends yeah. on the, on what I'm seeing. If I'm see, if I'm in the chips, if everything's telling me to be there, long as I can get in and get out of there, thermals, wind, all that's good, there's no reason why I don't spend two, three days in a spot. And, yeah. and I typically, a lot of guys are big that first time in. I've killed first time in. I've killed on day four or five, too. Yeah. You know, so that you got to tell you, you can chase your tail a little bit and bounce too much, in my opinion, in certain situations. Yeah. You know, I'm big on the kill tree. Uh, that's my opinion. Um, I scout a ton. Over the years, it takes a lot of years, decades, to get these, you know, eventually log enough spots like that. It might not be the same tree I consider a kill tree, but it's pretty damn close to that spot that I can go in and consistently kill them bucks end October in November in these certain areas. You know what I mean? Give me a handful of those spots, and I'll consistently kill every year in any state. You yeah. Know? No, I, I I think that's I think that's really valuable information. And, and, like, and being able to identify those spots and, like, picking that right tree. Because one time, you can find a really good spot, but if you don't set up correctly in it yeah. or have the right tree, like, how do you... Wait, all right, so say you find a good spot that you want to set up in. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a consumer-based hunting show unlike any other. It provides an interactive learning experience where you can try all things mobile hunting and learn from the best in the business. Come experience an unbiased, community-based environment where you can improve your hunting skills and find the right equipment for your needs. I'll be speaking at the Nor'easter Show in Mannheim, Pennsylvania at Spooky Nook Sports from August 9th to 11th, 2024. So come check it out or either of the other shows in uh, Michigan and Georgia. You can purchase tickets online at the mobilehuntersexpo.com or grab tickets at the door. I'll see you there. How long does it take you, first of all, to pick a tree? Uh, Post-season scouting, it'll take me a little bit because you're starting to break down your thermals, your winds, your access. Now, I think for me in the rut is is I will be aggressive. Not going to say I'm going to hunt a wind direction blown to that creek crossing you're in right into that bedding area i like to find something where there's a lot of things coming together a hub you know what i mean three four five different terrain features different habitats there's a big maybe there's a big primary scrape there which a lot of times there is but i can just hunt that i might be able to hunt that same spot in two three different trees depending on on the conditions that's a spot that i'm looking keying in on i'll take my time i can hunt these two three spots on a couple of different wind directions, those are the spots that you, okay, you go in there one day, you need a west wind, okay, you're northwest. I'm going to eliminate this, but I got four other factors that are in my favor. I'm going to gamble there in the rut. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I'm going to take that all day like that. I might give up a little bit, and it, it does bust. It, it has happened. He's come down there. It happens, you know. But I've seen, yes, those bucks will use the wind, and I've seen it where they don't. Yeah. It just depends. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, yeah depends it on the buck. They're all different. They are all different. You know, I, I talked to Mike Perry on, on the podcast before, and he sees a lot of bucks, you know, run with the tailwind. Yep. And I've doing that. And, oh. and and you see, and so there's not like this perfect scenario that they do all the time there. And, and being able to find, yeah, those trees where you, you bounce around. And I, I feel like most of the time when you're in a big woods setting specifically where there's not a ton of deer, that you can get away with hunting that tree so much more yeah, you or can. that area yeah. than, than yeah. you typically. In the farm country. Yeah, than yeah. you can in those I, I've done it in the farm country. You know what I mean? There's certain, like, if I'm hunting that hubs type yeah. area, even in, like, area I grew up, it's kind of a mixture of farm, hill country, even a little bit of big woods. It's, it's a bigger section. But I the, the spot where I've killed four of my last five PA bucks, it's the same damn tree. And to be honest, it's just a big hub. I know I can go in there on multiple wind directions, hunt it multiple days, I'm going to kill. I'll get a couple. I don't have a camera like set right on that spot, off that on some scrapes. I get a couple shooters in there, and I just got to put time in. I'm going to kill them. That's what happens in areas like that. Once I get that history built up in those hubs, um, they're deadly. I mean, that's a go-to for me in a rut in those situations. So when you said four out of the five last 
you know, your last bucks out of the same tree. Mm-hmm. What is it around the same time? Uh, they changed. I've killed this one was October twenty seventh of past year. Um, he was in there bumping does or looking for does, bumping them out of beds. Um, she wasn't ready, but she still got him in trouble. Um, the other times they've either been on you know November say I can't try to recall the dates November 6th November 12th I've killed them anywhere from last week October through the first two weeks or whatever in November to our season goes out I've hit killed them in different time frames over the years you know what I mean it's just it just you find locations they're hard to find if you can find them and if you're not I'm not after a particular buck per se I'm after a quality there's yep. three or four solid okay I'll kill either one of these that's all I'm for one of them are coming through here in the next three days. I'm gonna. That's how I hunt. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, maybe eventually I'll go to where I'm hunting a certain buck. I just uh, I don't have that mindset yet for that. I just I'm just happy to kill a good buck every year. Same. I hear you. Yeah. And like okay, so with, with that spot, what do you think? Like you're talking about it being the hub, and you know, there's mm. multiple travel corridors and train. But what what does that look like uh, as far as what's the terrain look like in that spot? And then we're going like vegetation. That, I, uh, basically, there you're basically sitting in between multiple doe bedding or bedding areas in general. I yeah. believe there's doe, but I think all deer bed and bedding areas. That's yeah. kind of my opinion with that. Um, but there, there's a very large creek bottom that's a bedding area. It's a ridge. It's actually on some private property. It's thick, and they basically cruise back and forth. There's actually a steep cliff side there, and a couple of draws on either side of that. And it's basically I'm sitting in the middle of the X, and they come up that draw, and then bucks will just cruise that looking for them does all day. I mean, to be honest, the best times for me is midday in there. I see a ton of action midday. Um, but basically you're just in the middle of an intersection you know what i mean there's there's i don't know how many trails six seven eight how many trails are in there but it's just basically you're right in the middle of that intersection that cross and i got a tree in there and be honest with you, i get people walk by me on this trail there's actually a gas line there people i wave to them they walk by and i kill you know three and a half plus bucks out of there you know year old bucks out of there every year and the only problem that area is the quality's not you know, you get up in the mountains there, you start getting in your bigger 140 plus. But you go in there, I kill Saul Pope and Young Buck you yeah. know, every year, which I'm, I'm happy with that. Heck you know yeah. what I mean for PA? Um, but it's just, a, it's just a spot that I've learned over the years. If I put some time in there, I'm probably going to air something half decent. You know what I mean? Um, I'm be honest with you, I, I've, I've done been pretty successful in that spot. I don't want to kill there anymore because I want to go into big woods and try it in these mountains. Yeah. I'm getting on some pretty big slobs. Not get, now, be honest with you, 120 some inch eight points by, it's going to be hard for me to pass up. I'm, in, I'm at heart of my PA boy, you know what I mean. Yeah. When I travel our states, yeah, I'll be a little more pickier. But uh, PA people don't realize it's hard to kill 120 inch deer on. on yeah, it, 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 is. it is. It is. It gets tough. That's why I try to tell guys, don't get tied up in that social media stuff. Kill what you want to kill, um, because to be honest with you, I've done this a long time. Killed a lot of deer. Um, be proud of whatever you kill, but it's hard to kill 110, 150, 120 inch deer on pressured area. You know, then bucks don't usually live past two and a half once rifle season comes in. No, you know, they, it's, it's 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 very few in certain areas. You know, yeah, and and you know, there was a guy that came up to the booth that uh, at at Torrance Challenge here that said something about he hadn't killed a buck um, ever before, and he's been archery hunting for nine years, and you know, kind of asking us some questions. Yeah, and he was like holding out for you know a big deer, and it's like, man. Yeah gotta get those reps in and, yeah, and if you, you want to yeah. change your goal that's fine but like that and obviously everyone has their own thing but to me it seemed like that that came from the outside pressures of yeah. this is what you're supposed yeah. to do yeah you, you, it's probably wrong to say but to get good you have to kill you know what i mean oh, you know to get your confidence up but don't you don't need to chase 140 130 inch deer whatever area you might be in iowa and trying to kill a boon of crock every year but maybe you should be killing the 140s to get good you know yeah. what I mean? But like around here, I don't, if it's legal, it makes you happy, you're just going to become a better hunter in the day. You know, the more you do that, then you know what? You get, you get to the point where you're satisfied, then start up in that bar. You know what I mean? Hey, I like to kill Boone and Crockett every year. Damn, I, that's my goal to kill gross Boone and Crockett. That is my number one pass, number one goal to kill as a whitetail hunter. It's going to be pretty damn hard if I keep passing deer on, you know, here in uh, PA. It's going to be a long freaking time, if ever, if I get that opportunity. <laughs> so you got to be realistic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you definitely do. Yeah. You, you definitely got to be realistic with it and understanding those expectations and what lives in your area, yes. what's actually yeah. the yeah. the potential. Not just because it's on your camera means that you're necessarily going to going to kill it. That does not mean you shouldn't have big goals and yes. expectations. Yes. And, yep. and we all do. You know, yep. you and I, I like. go every year. My, my, be honest with you, for PA, I'm at three and a half, 120 is yep. my baseline. Um, I'm going to try to up that. You know what I mean? But I told you, I, I, I like to kill them too. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, it's just the passion. It's why we do this. But I'm trying to 
up that bar a little bit, take some time, you know what I mean? But it, it is what it is, you know? Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. It's difficult. It's hard to be happy with, with being able to, yeah. to, to be able to do that. And I look at it this way too, like for me and, you know, talk a lot on here of hunting mature bucks and doing mm-hmm. all that. And, and that's mostly because that's where I'm at is, and yep. I've been doing yep. it for long enough that that's where my goal is. But like, and then I go out west. It's all new to me. Yeah, I'm just yeah. trying. I'm trying to get reps in. I'm trying to kill whatever bull elk that I can see. I'm trying to kill whatever yes. mule deer I can see, and just have those opportunities because that's how you get better. Yes, that's why I tell a lot of guys: don't get tied up in social media. Hunt your own hunt. You know what I mean? Enjoy it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't get tied up in it. If somebody's going to be an asshole and put negative comments, uh, just ignore it. You know what I mean? You know, I, I call that that little dick syndrome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't worry about guys like that. You know what I mean? Because pretty much they're not killing anything anyway. They're just jealous. No. You know? And they don't affect you. They're not the ones yeah. that's going to eat it there with your family. They're not yeah. the ones that get yeah. to look at it all the yep. time. They, Yeah. That's not, it's yep. not worth worrying about that. Nope. It's not worrying nope. about what anybody's going to think about except for nope. yourself. Nope. You're only going to get better if you get out there and do it and you're, you know, consistently start getting successful in whatever age class you're after. You're just going to get better over the years doing that. You know, don't, don't worry about everybody else. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and so like you're talking about like the, the whole like 120 inch eight point, that's like, it's your Pennsylvania eight pointer. Like that's what a lot of these bucks, they'll never really get any, yeah. any bigger yeah, than I that. see a lot. I've killed quite a few and that's, you know, occasionally I said, I mean, for, for I run cameras all summer in the mountains, big woods, you know what I mean? Lower deer density, you do pick up some bigger bucks, but really overall, I mean, you may get a half dozen bucks over 140, 130 inches. You think about it. And that's a lot of cameras. That's right? a lot of cameras. That's yeah. a lot of cameras too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a needle in a haystack. You know what I mean? You get some areas that are a little better than others, um, but it's pretty hard to get, you break that 130 mark in PA in a lot of areas, majority areas. Yeah. You know? I know it's like I, I was talking to I had someone I don't remember who it was it was at my house and they're from a different state and looking at, at bucks on the wall and like how old do you think that deer would be you know you know two and a half three and a half year old I'm like oh that one's that's an eight and a half yeah, year old deer yeah, that's yeah. 125 inches like yeah. what and yep. it's like I got a 105 inch yeah. five year old on the wall <laughs> yeah he weighed like 220 pounds he was a toad but. And the rock wasn't that great, but I bound him because he was five and a half. I figured he was five and a half, yeah. you know what I mean, by, you know, aging him and that. But it's like, if he was a big old hog, I was happy with him, you know. I didn't care about the rock. He was just big bodied. You know? uh, I was talking to a guy here that just so happens to hunt an area that I used to hunt. And uh, where he was like, man, he goes, I, we're killing these older deer. He goes, but they're not. He goes, some of them are 105 inches, yeah, 110 yeah, inches. Yeah. He goes, and he's showing me pictures of them. And I was oh, like, yeah. I, and I ran cameras yep. in that area thinking because it was like this remote, tough to act yeah. spot. But there was no, there wasn't good browse. It was all big timber yeah. spots. They, they weren't doing timber yep. cuts. They weren't doing this yep. stuff. And I was finding rubs on trees that you would have thought a 180 <laughs> was making. And literally it'd be these heavy pop cam based yeah. little tiny yeah. things that were coming yeah. out of their head well that's funny with the big sign like a lot of the areas i find i find a lot of these big bucks i don't find big signs yeah I, that's what's crazy there's areas i hunt it's like there's world-class animals running around and there's nothing bigger than your wrist yeah rub. it is crazy then you pull trail cameras and something like out of the state locations i hunt it's like holy shit like they don't leave no damn sign other than tracks you you'd never know in your trail cameras it's crazy yeah Yep. Yeah, and it's it's difficult to look at a scrape and be able to tell, you know, what yeah. size yep. size buck is. I yeah, I was used pick the, up on his track a little bit there. It, it's hard to tell. Yeah, you know I mean, I, I always use the rule of thumb, like, and like my dad always would say, like, you know, you find a licking branch the size of your thumb that's all twisted. Yeah, usually it's it's a mature buck that's doing that. You can't. Yeah. That's about what you can get. Yeah, yeah. Get I mean, that's my it. preferred scrape. If I could find one with multiple licking branches, all oh thumb, yeah, big thumb size or whatever. Yeah, it usually gets me pretty excited when I've seen it's been pounded for a decade, you know what I mean? The dirt's dug out and multiple scrapes around it. And if you can find his little honey holes, it's well, those, yeah, those, those four those hours you and I spent together when we were doing the scouting camp with some of the other guys there, like it was hilarious. We come up, we see, and we were on, uh, we were on unpressured private ground yeah, yeah. so like things were more prominent yeah, yeah. but holy cow we were we'd find these yeah. these, these li- we'd buy yeah. five six seven lick uh, and we're all like getting fired oh uh, i'm telling you it's, <laughs> it's bad it's 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 almost embarrassing sometimes my poor wife she i feel bad for the, the shit I'm she's sure got to go hear oh really she that. hears every detail of the scouting trips of the hunting every trail camp look at this buck you know she just you know she supports me, but yeah, she, she smiles yeah. and, and gets like, you pumped uh, up. But yeah, whatever, like, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah. 
Oh man, that's awesome. So you're going to uh, be focusing on Pennsylvania again this year, Ohio, it sounds like. Yeah, I'll be down in Ohio. Um, um, heading down there in a few weeks, hang some cameras uh, with our buddy Johnny Stewart yeah. down there. Um, a lot of my time being PA. Um, I think uh, between those two states, I've been looking. I may go up to New York. I think because our bear season comes in during their rifle season, I guess. I might go up there just have some fun. Go in some state game lands up there or whatever. Go, you know, decent buck comes by. I'm not, I'm not trophy hunting or anything up there. Just something. Have some yeah. fun. And then uh, I'm looking into some other states. Um, Kentucky's kind of taking the lead for me right now. Not maybe this year. Um, but what I want to do is maybe get to at least four states a year. So it's maybe like Kentucky, Ohio, PA. And then maybe New York just to go up just a little bit of rifle hunting. You know what I mean? In a downtime yeah. in our state. So that's kind of what I'm looking into here right now in the future. Um, you know, I pretty much hunted. I've hunted other states. I've done pretty good in other states. But to be honest with you, over the last decade, I pretty much just hunted PA. I'm 45. And to be honest with you, I, I want to start killing a couple bucks a year. It'd be honest, just my goal. Yeah. Kill a couple good bucks a year. That's kind of my goal where I'm heading right now. I like it. Well, if you want to go up to New York, let me know. I, lo- yeah. I like going up there yeah. and playing yeah, around. Game. So. Game, man. I actually got a camera. I, I only left one camera up there, but it's been sitting there. I just thought of it now. I forgot about yeah. it. So, well. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing on maybe August. I was just going to take a ride up for a day just yeah. get a feel for the land look at some maps on spartan forge and like you know what i'm gonna go there <laughs> with yeah. the rifle and see what the hell happens you know what i mean yeah just, just have, have fun, fun. With yeah that's all i do is have, that's just have fun like we used to in the good old days because as much as the passion this is we do uh maybe take a little too far sometimes and, yeah. and, and it does get stressful you know what i mean when you put so much time and effort and it's a tough season so uh sometimes it's nice to take a step back that's why i like doe hunting you know it's fun you know what I mean? And then maybe something like New York to go up and just uh, relax a little bit, enjoy it. Well, that's what, that's what I did last year in yeah. New York. And, and actually, after I dropped that camera off, I remember being like, I don't want to run cameras here. I want to make this a hunt that I can do yeah. every year that I don't have cameras. That's kind of I what I was go looking. Yep. and go and yeah. have fun. That's kind of what I was looking it. at. Just go up and, uh, you know, use a little bit of your woodsmanship. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, I'll have a Spartan Forge, use that technology there just so I don't get freaking lost. But other than that, just... See what I see and, and go off that gut feeling and see if we can get cracked something. Yeah. You know, that's what I, I'm going to do. I like it, man. Yeah. Yep. Well, cool. Hopefully, uh, we'll have to get together and do some more scouting together. Oh, yeah. Together for sure, stuff. man. That'd for be sure. fun uh, yeah. to, to get to do that and walk around and it definitely involve old Johnny Stewart. Oh, you got to bring Johnny. Yeah, you got to bring <laughs> you Johnny. Gotta bring along. Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's I, definitely entertainment. One of the most intelligent whitetail hunters you'll ever get to talk to. But good lord, is he freaking hilarious? When oh, he comes out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah, every I, I can't tell you how many times I'm I'm sick of people. Not sick of. I'm joking, but like people coming up to the booth and be like, "Where's Johnny? Where's Johnny? At? <laughs> Where's Johnny at?" Yeah, he's a celebrity now, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's awesome. Yeah, he is. Good dude. Good dude. There. Well. Anyways, Moose, where can people find you on social media? Check out some of your stuff. And uh, You can find me on Instagram. I really don't do the Facebook stuff, uh, but get me on Instagram, uh, Moose1720. Uh, you'll usually hear me on there Saturday out on my scouting trip, stuff like that. You know, Anybody want some help, need some pointers or whatever, hit me up. I'm always free to talk. I like bullshitting whitetails. I'll help anybody. So Yep, And but only one thing, one rule. Don't ask spots. Yeah, don't ask spots. <laughs> There's a couple of you guys. Come on, man. I'll help you as much, but I'm not giving you pins. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Thank you so hey, much. I appreciate for it, man. On. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.